Welcome back to the Lair Cryptic Crew. In this episode, we're exploring the question, can a family be cursed generation after generation? Some would say, no, of course not. And the more we learn about depression and other mental illnesses, the less we believe in curses and dismiss them as nothing more than silly, superstitious nonsense. Which definitely makes a certain amount of sense, especially if you factor in a heaping dose of bad luck, right? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't explain the Lemp family, or why their spirits remain in what was once the family home, terrifying those who step inside, or worse, choose to spend the night. Grab your salt, your iron, and whatever protective magic you've got, Cryptic Crew. We're off to explore the Lemp Mansion in St. Louis, Missouri. From sudden deaths to suicides, and even a child hidden in the attic, it's a family history so steeped in tragedy. It's really no shock that the house has been named one of the most haunted places in the United States. Welcome to another episode of Cryptically Yours Creepy Tales. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at crypticallyyours.com to become an official member of the Cryptic Crew and keep up to date on the latest news. You can also look for us on your favorite social media platform, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Check out our website for links and details. Things seemed to be going pretty well for the Lemps when William took over the business from his father. A thriving brewery company, limestone caves for aging and storing the beer, and loads and loads of cash. In fact, William not only expanded the business, but he also bought his father-in-law's mansion, which, as it turns out, was a major turning point for the family. Although, of course, nobody knew it at the time. The mansion was renovated, including building tunnels to the limestone caves. With refrigeration being the hot, (laughs) sorry, the cool new thing, the caves weren't needed for beer anymore, so they were renovated into a personal club. The original man caves, if you will. A movie theater, bowling alley, and a pool were added, with hot water being piped in from the brewery. Pretty sweet setup, really. The limps were definitely living a charmed life. Lucky, even, some might say. But the problem is, not all luck is good, and theirs soon turned in a devastating way. First, William's eldest son and favorite child 
died of heart failure at the age of 28. William was understandably devastated. And then when his best friend, Frederick Pabst, yes, a Pabst beer, died later that same year, something in him simply snapped. Six weeks later, William went up to his bedroom, locked the door, and died from a single gunshot to the head. Two years later, William's wife died of cancer in the same room. Attention now focused on William Jr., known as Billy. He was the one to have raced up the stairs and kicked down his parents' bedroom door to discover his father's body, and was now expected to not only run the brewery, stepping into his father's shoes, but also those of his late brother. No doubt the overwhelming sense of living in his brother's shadow added to the trauma he was experiencing, which goes a long way to explaining what happened next, but doesn't excuse it in the slightest. To what should have come as a shock to absolutely nobody... Billy became a raging alcoholic. His behavior became erratic, irrational, and abusive toward his wife Lillian. Billy forced her to abide by strange rules, such as giving her $1,000 a day and demanding she spend it all or she wouldn't receive another cent. It was his way of keeping her busy and out of the way so she wouldn't notice what he was up to. And, oh boy, Billy, Billy was up to a lot. It seems our Billy boy was leading a double life, running the brewery by day and doing a lousy job of it, then indulging in hedonism all night long. Remember how I said the limestone caves were renovated? Mm-hmm. Billy turned it into Party Central. Booze, sex workers, any advice you wanted. All night, every night. Eventually, his behavior had consequences in the form of a son. Details are sketchy since there's no record of the child's birth or even really any legal proof the child existed. In fact, there's still some debate as to whether his mother was a prostitute or one of the maids that worked at the mansion for Billy and his wife. Former staff confirmed that he had Down syndrome and was never allowed to leave the attic. He was only ever known by the terrible nickname of Monkey Face Boy. For this podcast, I've chosen to call him Daniel. After Daniel's birth, Billy and Lillian's marriage came to an end. Surprise, right? Uh Uh-huh. The divorce trial was front-page news, and gossip seekers were thrilled. Billy ended up remarrying shortly after, moved to another house, and renovated the mansion to offices, leaving poor Daniel in the attic. But that wasn't the end of the dark cloud that hung over the family. Far from it. 
The brewery, having limped along under Billy Smith's management, folded during Prohibition. Billy's sister, Elsa, died from suicide, exactly as their father had. Two years after his sister's death, Billy walked into the former mansion, went into his office, and died from a single self-inflicted gunshot to the heart. A year after that, William III, son of Lillian and Billy, died of a heart attack. But the curse still wasn't over. Enjoying the show? I'd love to hear from you. Drop a comment below or visit crypticlyors.com, sign up for the newsletter, and become an official member of the Cryptic Crew. If you have a suggestion for a future episode, be it your own experience or something you'd like us to look into, leave it in a comment either here or on the website. Who knows? Your idea might be our next creepy tale. Reviews would also be welcome at Podchaser, as well as your favorite podcast platform. Edwin, the only limp that seemed to have any sense at all, had moved far away and refused to have anything to do with the brewery. He warned his brother Charles to stay the heck away from the mansion, but Charles didn't listen. He renovated it back into a residence and moved in, living alone with two servants and, of course, Daniel. Daniel passed away in his 30s, never having left the attic, and the only proof he actually existed beyond first-hand accounts is a flat grave marker in the family cemetery with only the last name of Lemp on it. Charles died by suicide shortly after Daniel's death. Edwin, the one who stayed the heck away from everything and believed his family was cursed, is, perhaps not coincidentally, the only one to die of old age. After his death, his butler burned all paintings, artifacts, and documents that had been collected by the family, hoping to end the curse. But it didn't. Through the years, the mansion has been used as a boarding house, an overflow for the hospital, and currently, a restaurant and bed and breakfast. One thing has remained consistent regardless of what the mansion was used for, and that's paranormal activity. When things kept going missing, apparitions would show up, and the intense feeling of being watched could no longer be denied. Workers hired for renovations walked, probably ran from the job site and never returned. Restaurant workers fared no better. In fact, probably worse. The most common complaints were of disembodied voices, glasses flying through the air, the piano bar playing by itself, lights flashing on and on, and doors locking and unlocking on their own. Take a moment to consider that, my cryptic crew. Those are the most common complaints. So there were more. They just didn't make the list of the top five. I'm trying to imagine working in the kitchen while someone you can't see whispers in your ear. Or trying to serve customers while dodging flying glasses. I'm guessing that staff turnover might be a bit of an issue here.
But enough staff has stuck around that we can identify the most problematic areas. The main staircase of the house, the attic, and what employees have nicknamed the gates of hell in the basement. That's where the tunnel entrance to the caves used to be. The attic, of course, is haunted by Daniel. Passerbys have asked about the boy looking out from the small attic window. As with many haunted places, paranormal investigators have explored the Lamp Mansion, and one of the common experiments they seem to perform is drawing a chalk circle on the attic floor and placing toys inside of it. Without fail, it seems, when investigators return, the toys are found moved throughout the room. Guests of the bed and breakfast and those on tours say they've heard a boy's voice pleading for help and also asking for them to come and play with him. Billy is often heard stampeding up the stairs and kicking at his parents' bedroom door, forever reenacting the fateful moment he discovered his father's body. And, because not even being dead can stop him from being a creep, he's also been known to spy on women in the ladies' room since it was originally his own personal bath. William Sr. also seems to be hanging around. Described as a pale older man dressed in a white shirt and dark pants, he generally appears fairly irritated by the people invading his former home and is likely responsible for the nosy, cranky male presence that's been reported. As for the rest of the activity, (laughs) well... It really could be any of the lamps, given how many of them died there. Or it could be a poltergeist. Personally, I'm thinking both. Ghosts, I found, are kind of like potato chips. Rarely do you ever have just one. But the question remains, were the lamps cursed? Hedwin certainly believes so. If there was a curse, it had to have been something that started with William Sr., since that's when everything began going wrong. Or could it have been an intersection of unfortunate bad luck and a genetic predisposition to depression? Let me know what you think in the comments or at crypticallyyours.com. Personally, I believe it was the mansion. All of the tragedies took place after William Sr. bought it and remodeled, and three out of the four suicides happened there. Makes me wonder if his father-in-law, who he bought it from, hated William and left behind a dark gift, or if the father-in-law himself had experienced the same curse and just didn't mention it to him. If you happen to be in St. Louis, you can always decide to take a tour of the Lent Mansion. You can try asking one of the ghosts yourself. (laughs) If you dare. But a heads up, I'd avoid William Sr. He still seems kind of cranky. I'm afraid that's all there is for this episode, Cryptic Crew. So, do you think tonight's creepy tale was fact? fiction, or somewhere in between, you can drop a comment below, head over to crypticallyyours.com, or hunt us down on your favorite social media platform. 
Return to the lair next week and discover what else we've dug up for you. This is Grace Stone, your host, reminding you to always keep it creepy, cryptids.